When I was little, my father was famous. He was the greatest samurai in the empire. And he was the shogun's decapitator. He cut off the heads of 131 lords for the shogun. It was a bad time for the empire. The shogun just stayed inside his castle and he never came out. People said his brain was infected by devils and that he was rotting with evil. The shogun said the people were not loyal. He said he had a lot of enemies, but he killed more people than that. It was a bad time. Everybody living in fear. But still, we were happy. My father would come home to mother, and when he'd see her, he'd forget about the killings. He wasn't scared of the Shogun, but the Shogun was scared of him. Husband. Maybe that was the problem. Azami. I had a bad dream. Don't be afraid. Bad dreams are only dreams. What a time you chose to be born, Daigoro. Ninja. 
Welcome back to Action Action, the podcast that watches all the action movies. We put them on a great big list. We're ranking these things one at a time, creating the definitive, wouldn't you agree, James? Oh, the 100%. definitive list of the greatest action no films. No list can go up against <laughs> us, match if, us. If nothing else, it'll be the biggest, most confusing list when it's finished. Yeah, <laughs> and fuck you if you don't like it. <laughs> but anyway, that is my co-host, James. hey and we are part of the BFOP network, where you can hear other great shows like Talking Back, Podcasting mm-hmm. After Dark, The Blast from Our Past, mm-hmm. and Return, Revenge, Resurrection. Yes. And I, and I don't know if we got any other ones on there. I, I really need to, you know, do my due diligence, because we got to promote these other ones if there's more. But those are the four that I know, and you should check them out. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about a movie called Shogun Assassin, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get into that, James, I need to know. I need to know what you you've been know. what you've been up to, what you've been watching. What are you gonna What are you gonna sink? What are you gonna swim? What am I gonna swim? Well, uh, let's see. I uh, I watched a little movie called Moana. Oh yeah. yeah. Um. Yep. So little movie. Uh, not very. Not terribly successful. <laughs> As the uh, five people that listen weekly would know, I watch movies with my kids every Friday. So <laughs> it was my youngest daughter's turn to pick a movie. So she wanted to watch Moana. Uh, we've seen it before, um, but she wanted to watch it again. And uh, I love that movie. I think that movie is like fantastic. Yeah, I only saw it once, but I enjoyed it. It was uh, good. I just like love everything about it the story the the culture the music the like it just yeah it's just it's one of those pixar disney you know they kind of hit it out of the park with the you know this one so yeah i think is that one i don't even think that one's a pixar one i think it's a, Dis- a straight it's up disney. Straight disney i think don't quote me on that but um are so are you excited for the a live action version that's coming soon with The Rock reprising his role as the. There's a live action one? I believe so, yeah. Whoa, 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 what? <laughs> <laughs> Do the record scratch sound here? <laughs> uh, I did not know that. Do we need that? No, no one needs that. I mean. They keep doing these things, though. I guess. I mean, they own it, so why not? You gotta milk fucking, that fucker yeah. for all it's worth. I'll probably watch it. I'm I mean, surprised they haven't done like live action Frozen yet because that's one of their their biggest. Uh, yeah, see, my kids um, they watched the first movie Frozen, uh, didn't like it. Didn't like fuck boo. boo. <laughs> and so then the second one came out Frozen Two. Mm-hmm. Um, Still frozening. <laughs> the death of the Crystal Palace. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, the second coming of the Ice Queen. I don't know something like that, and they're like, "Fuck that, <laughs> fuck they're that like, movie, Dad! No. Fuck you yourself in the butthole. <laughs> We're not watching that." Well. And I was like, "Wait, you've been hanging out with Uncle John's kids? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not interested. 
don't care for it. They hate the song. Uh, let it go. Good for them. Um, <laughs> so you know what? Hey, they're me- like Frozen's for plebs, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know what? Maybe this new generation coming up, you know, it's not a lost cause. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. There's hope. There's hope. Anyways, Moana, um, great movie. If you haven't watched it, I don't know what you're doing. Um, you stop the podcast, delete it, and <laughs> just go <laughs> just go watch Moana. Um, yeah. Delete it. <laughs> it was quite... Don't ju- come back later, just delete it. <laughs> Let's fucking delete it. Uh, it was enjoyable. Um, yeah, I, I'm liking my what my kids have been picking lately. They, and I'll talk next week about the other movie that they picked, uh, which is getting me excited into like you know they're starting their venture out into other movies that maybe you know maybe i can sneak a little indiana jones in there somewhere soon nice so you know like the goonies and get that kind of stuff in there so it's pretty exciting so uh so yeah so i watched that and then uh, i've been keeping up with uh alone so that's a tv show i think they're on the like seventh ninth season i don't know um, but the whole premise is if you've ever seen the show Survivor Man, where the guy goes out into the wilderness and he like films everything himself and right, he yeah. tries to survive, it's basically that, but it's like 10 contestants. They go out, they're dropped off by themselves, they have to film everything. Um, they do weekly medical checks, yes, but they have to f- uh, film everything, they have to build a shelter, catch all their food. You know, all that stuff. So, right. It's, um, like, it's like Survivor, except if you actually had to do something that was, yeah, if you actually had to surviving, survive. not just like playing silly games on a beach or something. It's fucking crazy the shit that these people go through. Um, yeah. I mean, it's pretty common for like you to lose like 60 pounds in like 40 days. You know, oh, I need to go on this show. <laughs> <laughs> they, you know, they, their shelters will catch on fire. They'll like, they'll stab themselves by accident. Like all sorts of crazy shit happens. Um, yet to see a bear attack hasn't happened. Fingers crossed. (laughs) No, but I mean, it's, it's very interesting and it's, and all the people that are on the show, like they're survivalists. Like that's what, they do like a lot of them they don't just grab like random jokers no a lot of these people are people that like lead classes and courses on survival you know so so it's very interesting and uh you know lots of lots of interesting techniques um so tommy lee jones character from that hunted movie i was talking about he's he's got to be on there so oh yeah (laughs) yeah so Definitely keeping up with that, and um, that's about it. All right. Well, let's see here. Uh, I watched a couple movies. I watched a movie called Bad Influence from 1990. This is a thriller in the sort of from hell kind of genre, like mm-hmm. friend from hell in this case. Uh, it's with James Spader and Rob Lowe. James Spader is a kind of nerdy guy. But he's well off. He works and he's got a good job at an office and stuff. He meets Rob Lowe, who's like the cool guy who um, he saves him from getting beat up in a bar or whatever. And so then he kind of starts hanging out with him. 
and Rob Lowe is like encouraging him to do all this stuff to get out of his shell, but it's like getting pretty edgy. Right. There's, they like stick up some convenience stores for fun, that kind of thing. Oh uh, shit. Yeah. Like, um, that's too edgy for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little edgy. Uh, you know, they're, um, you know, he's getting them laid and stuff, but then he's like, Oh, I filmed you guys having sex, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like just weird shit. He's like kind of a weirdo. Oh, okay. And it gets weirder and weirder. And of course he, he helped at first it's helpful to him cause he's able to like get this position he wanted at work cause yeah. he's able to outmaneuver this other guy and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And of course it all goes bad. Right. And right. he ends up having to get into a showdown with crazy Rob Lowe, but it was pretty fun. I thought it was all a ploy for him to like buy his book or his like DVDs <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah, his self-help uh, <laughs> seven ways to dominate your, your opponents. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a good 90s thriller. Um, and then I went and watched the crazy fucking 80s movie uh, Flash Gordon, 1980. I've been meaning to watch this for fucking ever. Probably since I was a kid, honestly. I've seen clips and bits of it here and there, and it's just one of those yeah. cult movies that everyone knows about, but just never gotten around to watching it. Always yeah. been meaning to. I've never seen it. Uh, finally watched it. Finally scratched it off my list of shame. It's really fun. It's fucking wacky as hell. Uh, the amount of money they must have spent on these sets and costumes, and it's just so fucking silly like the yeah. stuff in it it's like hmm. you know it's like star wars but like on drugs or something and just hammy acting like ridiculous plot um star wars isn't on drugs not compared not to this. compared to that okay <laughs> uh but there it's just awesome to look at the amount of work that must have gone into making this shitty movie like yeah people really put in a lot of hard work on this uh it's really fun um just absurd uh, nonsense but yeah i think uh, i mean most people probably have already seen it but if you haven't it's a lot of it's a lot of fun well i haven't so i'll put it on my list yeah it, it's wacky uh and then i also watched uh this really <laughs> sleazy stupid 80s comedy called mortuary academy and mm. it's it's like a police <laughs> academy knockoff except a bunch of weirdo misfits right. were trying to go to mortuary school to become like you know because that makes sense. Morticians. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's pretty bad. Like um, the plot barely hangs together. It's like more like watching a series of of scenes of like a, a goof, like goof scene. Like oh, here's a goof and here's a goof kind of thing. Yeah. To do with dead bodies. The 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 guy running the school, the bad guy is Paul, uh, played by Paul Bartel, who's in a ton of cult movies. And uh, Mary, Mary Warnoff is also in this. They're always like together in movies and she's a teacher at the school and they're kind of like trying to run a scam to, to prevent these two brothers from graduating because if the two brothers graduate, then they're going to actually inherit the whole school because it was their uncles or some shit. Oh, um, okay. He is <laughs> through the whole movie. There's a gag where he is wanting to have sex with a dead body. <laughs> Hilarious, right? Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> It's so ridiculous. He keeps like doing these things like he's whining and dining these lady corpses and stuff. And he like, I mean, that's kind of funny. He starts like taking them out and all this shit. Uh, it's weird. A weird. I mean, that makes gag. sense on paper. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird gag. Um, it's really bad, but there are some funny parts in it. There's one guy who's like the really aggressive, like psycho student. And he's like, you guys are a bunch of fucking pussies. Let me get in there. 
<laughs> just like, nice. I don't know. It's it's ridiculous. Hard to track down, um, but it's pretty fun. Uh, last thing I'll mention is I, I finally finished watching The Bear. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm caught up to you guys finally. Nice. Uh, it took me a little while, but... So what'd you think of this season? Oh, it was a great season. Really good. Um, yeah, I don't know. It it did everything you would want it to do, right? Like increased focus on each person, each character. Yeah. Um, in a way, everyone kind of gets their own little episode or at least moments and stuff. Yeah. Um, of course, there's like the centerpiece episode, the, the Christmas, yeah. Christmas uh, family get together episode. Which was great, but I actually also thought the episode right after that was really good with uh, with cousin there going to learn uh, that's a hospitality. Great, that's and a stuff. great episode. <laughs> that was really good too. Uh, yeah, and then it kind of ends like here. Now we're now we're getting going. Like so. yeah, yeah. The way it ends is like wow. Like we we thought we were going one direction, and then now it's like everybody has come up to this one level and now he's like falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. He's right. like yeah, on the verge. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Uh, I mean, I hope we don't have to, I guess we have to wait a year, find out. That's the way these things work, but probably might be longer, longer than a year, right? Probably longer. These strikes and stuff, uh, could be a while, which is, I don't think the strikes going to be resolved till the new year. Yeah. That's my thought. Well, there hasn't been any movement, right? Uh, so it, it could take a while. Uh, yeah, the rumor is there was a producer or an executive or somebody that was like, uh, we're not going to do anything until these guys start like losing their condos and things like that, like l- basically losing their shirts. Right. Yeah. Um, to make them. You of know, course. You got to sweat them out there. Yeah. But you're not gonna have any fucking shows to put out. It's gonna be all. Well, they don't care. They got Chat GPT. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to watch some of that programming. I uh, mean, like, uh, yeah, whatever. I I just don't get it because I mean, A twenty four. I think I think so far is the only company that came forward and said, "Oh yeah, we'll get, we'll give, we'll do what the." Oh want. really? Yeah. Oh, good on them. Yeah, and they did it pretty quickly too. So, so are they not a part of the? I, well, they're Whatever they're an indie. Group. They're a smaller studio, right? So they, oh, okay. I think they just said, "Yeah, we'll meet all the demands." Yeah. So, do they get to continue to work? I don't know. I hope so. That would be awesome. They'd have a leg up, right? Yeah. Like they'd be putting stuff out, and everyone else would be like, "We have nothing. Like, <laughs> we have no." I content. mean, that'd be sweet. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Well, yeah. Well, anyway, well, let's uh, let's talk about this week's film. Shogun Assassin from 1980. Let's hear that trailer if there is one. Return to the vanished kingdoms of ancient times. Journey through a lost empire of mad wizards and barbaric passions. Behold the saga of a legendary warrior, a loving father who has the power of a dozen armies in one sweep of his mystic blade. This is a story of honor, disgrace, vengeance, 
massacre. And a man who became a demon. Shogun Assassin. All right, yeah, so Shogun Assassin, 1980, directed by Robert Houston and Kenji Masumi. I think it's a shared directing credit there because the thing about Shogun Assassin is, is it's actually two other Japanese movies uh, spliced together from the Lone Wolf and Cub series. Oh, okay. um, they had a series of movies. There were six of them, I believe. And they used 12 minutes from Lone Wolf and Cub Sword of Vengeance. And then the rest of the footage is from Lone Wolf and Cub Baby Cart at the River Sticks. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, they kind of put them together. Uh, the, the the producers of this, the people who bought the rights to show it in America, they, I think they paid like fifty grand for the rights to Toho, and then we're just like, okay, we're gonna splice this together, put out like a sort of greatest hits kind of thing almost. That's crazy. I, I mean, I didn't know that. I I never seen this movie, so. So there's how many movies? There's like five? Six Lone Wolf and Cubs movies, yeah. But this is only from two. This is, yes, footage from two of them. Okay, so then they, after this, they didn't, they weren't like, okay, let's splice together another one? No, but they did release uh, Shogun Assassin 2 Lightning Swords of Death, but it was really just a whole one of the other Lone Wolf and Cub movies. Oh, I see. Right, like that. So it wasn't like chopped up like this one. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so you've never seen it before. This never seen first it. First time watch. Um, I kind of like have known about it, but I've never seen it. Haven't ever really seen any clips from it even. Oh, okay. So yeah, so this was a yeah. Hopefully, this was a fun experience. It was a treat. Yeah. Uh, so th- yeah, I had seen it. Um, I don't know, a bunch of years back. Um, probably in the wake of like Tarantino, because like. You know, he would promote all these different cult movies he was into and stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I saw it at some point after that. There was a DVD that came out over here. Um, I think I rented it or something. But, uh, yeah, I remember really liking it. But it had been a long time since I watched it. So I was like, oh, we got... And this is from the early days of the podcast. I've been in my mind like, oh, at some point we're going yeah, to do Shogun Assassin. So here we finally are. Finally. Only fi- like five years in or something. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so it stars uh, Tama. I, I'm going to butcher these names: Thomas Boro Wakayama and Akahiro Tamakawa, uh, among others. Lots of other people, but <laughs> those are your, mm-hmm. those are your, uh, you know, lone wolf and cub, if you will. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, so the general plot. Let me read the synopsis, and then we'll get into this. A shogun who grew paranoid as he became senile sent his ninjas to kill his samurai. They failed, but did kill the samurai's wife. The samurai swore to avenge the death of his wife and roams the countryside with his toddler son in search of vengeance. I mean, yeah, fantastic. Uh, The fact that, like, he, you know, so the wife dies, because that's pretty much the beginning of the movie. The wife dies, um, and he's like, okay, son, you need to choose. You stand with your mother (laughs) or you follow me. Yeah, which path are you going to take? Are you going to life or death? And he puts the sword in the ground. He sticks his sword in the ground and then he puts out like a play ball. Yeah. And if the kid chooses the ball, he's going to just kill him and leave him behind. Yeah. It was pretty hardcore. And then like if he he chooses the sword, then he'll bring him with him (laughs) on his his adventures. I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's a great start. It's a great start. It's just like, whoa, this fucked up some fucked up parenting, dude. <laughs> but I like it. 
I mean, this, this is like the origin story, you know, like this is like, imagine this kid grown up, right? Yeah. How badass this kid would yeah, be. Yeah, I wonder if there's any stories about that because this was based on a manga, like a manga old comic. Oh, okay. And after the series of six films, I know they did a TV series as well in Japan. Oh, okay. But uh, I don't know where the story goes or anything. So, like, it would be cool to see if he eventually grew up and how what he became and stuff. He's just an accountant. <laughs> he's just he's a farm. Yeah, he's Sheep just a farm or something. Uh, but yeah, no, like this movie is crazy. I mean, watch, watching it for the first time, I definitely got the, you know, where the influence, you know, Tarantino got a lot of his influence from. Yeah. Well, we definitely see some Kill Bill stuff in this, right? (laughs) hundred percent. And I love all the, uh, the blood splatter. Yeah. You got blood splatter. You got the arterial spraying out of the... Like if you cut off someone's head, like there's fountains of I love <laughs> blood the, spring. There's like multiple points where he'll cut a limb off and it's like the camera freezes on that. <laughs> and then the body freezes to allow blood to squirt out onto somebody. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's just like, I love it. It's just like, let's hold this for a little bit. Yeah. We got to look at this. Let's enjoy this, this, you know? <laughs> I like it. Because there's a lot of these samurai movies or like Chanbara films, they call them over there, where, um, and we've seen, we've done some on the podcast where, you know, guys are getting sliced and diced, but like, eh, it's not really like, yeah, okay, you slice him as he runs by and he falls over. There's not really much blood or anything like that. Yeah. Now this is a little more on the over the top end, but man, is it fun? (laughs) I mean, I like it. I like the fact that, yeah, whatever sword he has is like the strongest out of any sword. Yeah. And he's just like, he's cutting swords in half. He's cutting anything, bodies in half, heads, heads vertically, like <laughs> whatever. He just cuts things in half with the sword. And I'm like, yeah, just cleaves. cleaves I like it. Cleaves of justice. <laughs> Cause uh, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a bit of a gore whore. Bit of a gore whore. Gore whore. Get the gore whore shirt now on action. <laughs> <laughs> Head over to Action Action <laughs> Merch, whatever the site is. Merch is store. Uh, T Public. T Public. Action uh, Action. Uh, link in get the, the bio get, on Instagram. Get, get the Gore Horse shirt. Get the Gore Horse. Um, <laughs> great, great plug. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so the movie starts out. So, like, we're pretty light on plot in this film. Like, we have the initial setup of what's going on. Yeah. And we know that, you know, f- basically he's being pursued by assassins for the rest of the film as he makes his way around. Yeah, the countryside, and it's just a kind of a kind of just a series of confrontations with these different killers. Yeah, um, there is a part later where these guys come to him from a village and they hire him to to assassinate somebody else. The I think the sh- one of the Shogun's sons. So, uh, like, the thing is, is like the Shogun. So, like, what's what is a Shogun? Like, I don't really know. <laughs> Like Shogun's like a like a governor of the area. Yeah, I guess he's like, like a, yeah, he's like a feudal lord of a, of an area. I okay, believe. and so it's like, I get it. So he's he's just like crazy. Yeah, he's obviously crazy and obsessed with this guy. Well, we can tell how insane he is when you see his face. Oh, which <laughs> I love because like it really gets. That's the thing about this movie 
is, yeah, I mean, there's talking and there's the voiceover, right, in English, but you can get a lot what's going on just from the facial expressions. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, or the body language. But it's just like, I guess once he killed his wife, it's like, I guess you might as well. You're going to have to send everything you got against this guy because you fucked up. <laughs> you done fucked up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he looks nuts with his eyebrows yeah. and his hair. He looks He's, awesome. You know, the eyes are painted in a way that's makes him look like a maniac. Um, yeah, so I think he's early on he sends one of his sons with a team and they end up having that fight like on that little waterfall. There's like that little river. Yeah, the weir. Is that what that is? Yeah, it's a weir. Oh, okay. Did not know that name. Yeah. Um, but that looks awesome. Just like great location to have a <laughs> battle like that. It's he, awesome. He, of course, decapitates the Shogun's son. Oh, yeah. What is the... The kid is the narrator through the whole movie. Yeah, at the beginning, yeah which is like, awesome. He was the Shogun's decapitator. <laughs> and you know what? The choice to have him as the narrator yeah. is just fucking brilliant. It just... It brings this, like, innocence to it because, yeah, it's it's a child talking, but it's just... It's so graphic and gory that... I don't know. There's just something so <laughs> awesome about it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. There's something appealing about it. It's, just, it's the kind of thing that we don't see that often. Right. And no. we certainly don't see it in a, in a Hollywood context, really. I mean, we, we've seen this story type told like this lone wolf and cub archetype. We've seen, you know, Logan did it. Um, yeah. Which is a great movie. Uh, you know, like the last of us has the same sort of idea. The Mandalorian is the same kind of idea. Mm. So we've seen this story being told, but like, not like this where it's so brutal and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I love that the kid, like the kid ends up getting involved in some of the action, right? He's pushing him around in this like bamboo cart. It's like a, basically a baby carriage, except like old, <laughs> old school. Um, and he, like, you know, whenever they fight anyone, uh, they get attacked by these women ninjas at one point and he, he's pulling weapons out. He like, they're hidden in the cart kind of thing. Yeah. And then like the kid is, he pushes a button and like a blade will shoot out of the, out of the thing and stab someone or whatever. Like, I mean, it's pretty comical. (laughs) It's a nice way. Like partway through, I'm like, you know, why even have the fucking cart? You know, like he can just like be on his back or whatever or walk but then it's like well if you have a cart and you have all these devices attached to the cart and then the kid can get in on the action a little bit and like you know have a rope tied to his leg where he pulls his leg and then something shoots out yeah he can <laughs> help out a little yeah, bit he can he's, help l- out a little. he's learning to kill early yeah. uh there's also the scene where they're in the forest and those guys come to attack them and there's a bunch of them so he just like pushes the cart full tilt at the guys and then like the kid pushes a button and like these blades come out of the wheels and cut guys off at the ankle yeah (laughs) like and they just fall down with blood spraying out of their legs and stuff uh so so beautiful (laughs) it's so beautiful i mean like the thing is is like at you know at one point uh they come up with oh well we'll we'll kill the sun because the sun is his superpower or his uh, whatever. Like, or well, at least we'll threaten to kill the we'll sun, thre- so he'll yeah. give up. So he'll give up. 
And he's just like, fucking kill him. He's like, yeah, kill him. We're prepared to die. Both me yeah. and my son are prepared to die. And we know that that's true because we already saw the beginning where he gave him that. Yeah. He knows he will. We know he'll kill the kid. But it was fucking brilliant. The uh, him, the kid dropping his sandal. Yeah. And the look they're giving each yeah. other. Yeah. And I'm like, man, <laughs> I wish my dad and I had this kind of connection. It's <laughs> like, holy fuck. That's so it's so awesome. That's great. Yeah, he's above the well. And they're like, they're like, they tell him the well's dry. He's going to fall to his death. And then the kid just like kicks his sandal off and it goes all the way down and sploosh. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's it. It's on. Yeah. He's going to fucking kill these dudes. Yeah. Now the head, I don't, I don't know what she is. The head woman of the. Oh yeah. Of the, the ninja. The ninja. Women. Yeah. Um, I guess she's just, yeah, she's like moved by it or, or like the kid said, maybe he were reminded her of somebody or something like that. But she's just like so confused. Yeah, she's like frozen in that moment. Yeah. Like, it's almost like she's in awe of of this guy. Like, he's such a consummate killer, um, and he seems a little invincible for a good part of the movie. But there is a part later he gets injured in one of the fights with multiple dudes. Yeah, um, and then like the kid is tending to him while he's laying in a shack, and the kid like runs down to the river and drinks a bunch of water and comes back and like yeah, he's hold- spits it in his mouth. Yeah. He's holding it in his cheeks and he like spits it in his mouth and stuff. Yeah. I was like, this is great. This is so good. Uh, you know, it's funny cause like you're saying about the narration, like voiceover stuff off a lot of times it doesn't really it, work. It usually doesn't work. Yeah. And I think it works here partly because this is a, a movie that's put together. And so you have to have someone telling this story since they're using footage. It's like when they would use the footage from these Japanese shows to make power Rangers episodes over here. Oh, right. Where it's like, they just spliced them together in a way. And then, you know, recorded other people's voices over it so that it told a different story than what it was saying in Japan. Yeah. Um, it's the same idea and you need someone to sort of be the through line. And it is fun that it's the kid who's telling you this whole gory story of this terrible stuff that happened. What, like the people that put this together, like what other stuff did they do? Well, these producer guys, I don't think they did much. Like the the guy who... Because they fucking hit it out of the park with this one. Yeah, and so like Roger Corman's New World Media or New World Pictures um, ended up being the distributor. And they just put it out like on the grindhouse circuit. And it was actually a huge hit on the grindhouse like uh, like line um but like i don't you know like it was a big hit in that way and then it probably didn't resurface again until like vhs market ended up coming out and the other thing is that this footage was made for these movies in 1972 so it's actually eight years earlier than when this version came out so it's pretty fucking gory for early 70s I guess Japan. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Like Japan, they weren't fucking around. And it was banned. It was another one that was banned in the UK for years and years called on, on their video nasties list and stuff. But this guy, Robert Houston, fucking that's cunts. <laughs> they like that, like that kind of language there. Uh, he did direct some other stuff, but not much of anything. Like he did a comedy called Growing Pains with, with uh, Pamela Adlon, but mm. a few other things, but nothing anyone probably remembers or would take note of so um yeah they they didn't do much of anything else i don't think Hmm. kind of a Um, one-hit wonder yeah 
uh, but such a fun one that they did. Like, I'm glad they did this. Um, yeah, I'm so glad they did it. I mean, obviously, it impacted Tarantino enough. Yeah, uh, and, I, and I think many other and directors. And many others, yeah. And not to mention, like, rappers and stuff, like... Uh, uh, Jizza from Wu Tang. If you listen to his album Liquid Swords, like I think almost every song has like an audio clip from this movie of oh, okay. like somebody saying a piece of dialogue, and then nice. uh, then the songs go and stuff. And other rappers too have quoted it and used it in their in their stuff. But um, it's just one of those weird cult movies that has stuck in people's memories. But clearly to the point too, where it is obviously it's actually like those shows I just mentioned, and there's a lot of other stuff that uses this story template of the father figure that has to escort and protect the young child uh, through a bunch of danger. I think it really comes from this. Hmm. Um, so yeah. the trope. Yeah. So it should get 10 out of 10 for tropes. For, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Actually, in a way, you're right. Um, it set the trope. The other thing I thought was really cool is the synth score on this American version of this. Yeah. some guy that was in this old band Paul Paul Revere and the Raiders um, he just made this synth score for this I think it's pretty dope I, I wouldn't mind actually uh, just listening to it <laughs> yeah kind of thing uh, and it is it does it feels very 80s like the synth wave kind of stuff that would come later um, the this crazy would be an early example of it yeah and I mean the crazy thing is is like like I don't have that much, uh, experience or I haven't seen that many like, um, Kung Fu movies or like Japanese movies, but watching this, it's like, it's like, you know, it's like one of those things where it's, you listen to like your favorite band, but then you find out the band that inspired them. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then you're like, holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. It's like wow, like that's where that you can came see it. From. You can see you can how see it formed it or whatever. You can, yeah. So it's like, ah, it's like this. You're kind of like, you're seeing how, yeah, how it forms, like how the sausage is made. <laughs> yeah. Sausages. I mean, I really like m most of the samurai movies I've seen. I've really liked, um, and and I think it's a lot of that is because we relate to them in the same way we relate to Westerns. Right. Yeah. Like, and I grew up on Westerns. So then I'm seeing the same thing, right. It's just different trappings. Um, I wonder, yeah. I mean, I wonder if Westerns are ever going to make a comeback. Well, you know, you know, Western pop up here and there and there'll be some good one ones here and there, but it's very, it's not like the old days where it was like the genre, like, so many fucking westerns. No, but like, and I know, like, what they do is they fucking do America's version of a western. Like, and I don't mean like America, like from the eighties or nineties. It's like modern day America, uh, western Hollywood westerns. It's let's get. It's like the superhero movies, right? Let's get all these A-list celebrities. Are you thinking of that Magnificent Seven yeah, remake? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Let's put them all in the movie. To be fair, the original was a bunch of 
celebrity is all on a team, right? But uh, I know yeah, what you yeah, mean. Yeah, I, I, know, I understand that. I know but... what you mean. Like, uh, cast all these recognizable people and... Um, but you do get you do get some special western stuff every once in a while. I'm trying to think what the last really good western was though that came out. Like, well, wouldn't it just be the Deadwood the show? Yeah, I mean Deadwood was excellent. Um, but I'm trying to think of a movie. I mean, a lot of people really loved uh, the 310 to Yuma one remake, yeah. um, and it's well made. Um, but there's, it's been a while. I feel like since there's been a really good one. I'm sure somebody will tell us. Yeah. The, <laughs> There was open range with Costner, but those are already a while ago. Like, so I can't think of something more, more recent. Yeah, open range was pretty good. Yeah, well, I liked open range actually. But, uh, oh, I guess Yellowstone. Now there's a new, new Yellowstone offshoot that takes place in the Yellowstone old west. Sucks. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I got people pressuring me to watch this old west one though. No. Because like I watched everyone. Okay, everyone's telling me, yeah, you got to watch it. You got to watch it, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, my wife used to work for a company that did some of the special effects for yeah. it. So, you know, they're like, have you seen it? Have you seen it? So then, you know, my wife and I watched, I think, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I'm not just going to watch one. I'll watch like four. Okay. I hated it from the beginning. <laughs> I watched all four, but it's just... I've, it, the story is just so bland, and I just don't uh, give a yeah, shit I, about any of the characters. Yeah, I felt the same way. I watched a couple episodes to try to get into it when it came out, and I couldn't couldn't do it. And I like Taylor Sheridan, the guy that made the show. Like, I like most of the movies that he's. Well, done. yeah, there's the one movie with uh, was it Jeremy Renner? Yeah, Wind River. Yeah, um, he did Hell or High Water, Sir, Sicario. Yeah, Sicario. Like good. those are all good movies. Um, but yeah, I just couldn't get into the Yellowstone thing. But it's like you're saying the characters. But anyway, uh, but yeah, this is this the samurai stuff. I just feel connects back to that stuff. Like, uh, you know, we see the same sort of fetishizing of the sword that we do of the pistol. Yeah, and, totally. And that kind of thing. I love. I, I I never get tired of like he slays a guy. There's blood on the sword, so he like. Oh yeah, and he flicks he it. Flicks it. He like whaps it with his hand yeah. so that the blood. <laughs> I love that. Off. Yeah. Well, Just little things like that. Right? That's from Kill Bill. I've seen yeah, that. Yeah, she Kill does Bill. it in Kill yeah. Bill. Yeah. And yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a little touch, you know? It's like, uh, you know, it's no different than if the guy does like a spin of his pistol before he puts it back yeah. in his holster or whatever. Totally. Right? That kind of thing. Uh, totally. Same kind of stuff. But, and, you know, similar themes often in these, in these movies. There's somebody who's oppressing the people of an area and somebody has to like rise up against them kind of thing. But the thing is, is like this movie is so good. Well, for a lot of reasons, you know, like the gore brings a part of it. The, the like starting of a trope with the, the father, the father figure taking care of a small child. Um, but it's also just the fact that it's a simple, very simple story. It's very simple. Yeah. Right. And, you know, it's a one mission. He's got one mission to, I think he, what is it? To, well, he wants to kill the Shogun, but I think it's to kill all the sons of the Shogun. Yeah, he, well, and he's hired to kill specifically that one that he, you know, at the end of the movie, he he finds him hiding in that uh, little carriage thing that the, yeah. the masters of death were carrying him. Uh, these three assassins. 
that he runs into earlier on that ship. Uh, and they warn him off. And they're like, don't don't come at us. Don't come for him because we'll fuck you up. I love those guys, the Masters of those Death. They got their hats and like... It's like Big Trouble in yeah, Little China. Yeah, Big Trouble in Little China, those three dudes. They got the one, they each got a different weapon. Like the one guy's got like the, the claw. The claw, yeah. The other guy's got like a, I don't know, he's got like a mace, kind of like a bat with a bunch of yeah. spikes in it. And then what does the other guy have? He's got they, each three. He, he has like oh, he's uh, like knuckles. Knuckles, or he's metal like, knuckle things, yeah. yeah. It's like iron fists or whatever. But yeah, um, that stuff's really fun. We see them kill all those guys on that ship that attack them i love that scene where they're they're uh below deck yeah and he he like uh one of those guys um throws his knife and like skins the <laughs> skins the, the nose, nose. that guy and then uh he says hey can you uh can you give me back my knife and he holds up his sword like the <laughs> slot where the knife would go yeah and he throws it right into it. <laughs> he throws it right in. He's just like sitting there like meditating. He's like not even paying attention to it. The yeah. knife has like stuck in the wall beside his head. Yeah. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't flinch or anything. He's just like, love how like, he's like a Buddha because he's kind of pudgy, this guy. Yeah. Our Shogun assassin, our main guy. He's like kind of a fat dude, which is also fun to yeah, sort of see. Yeah, it's totally fun. Um, He's like fucking badass. Uh, but it's just like a matter of fact, like fuck you like the yeah yeah i'm a little chubby fuck yeah. you <laughs> doesn't matter doesn't matter i eat a lot of rice what yeah whatever <laughs> uh yeah he throws that knife back right at, straight into the thing that's when the that guy that whose nose they skinned he like sets the boat on fire to try to kill them and uh you know like they all have to escape in their own way or whatever yeah uh, and then he saves the the woman again the woman assassin and uh then they're like, the kid's like, yeah, we felt bad about leaving her there because we knew she's going to have to go back to the Shogun. <laughs> and, <laughs> and kill herself. And, and yeah, commit, yeah, uh, seppuku or whatever it is. Uh, yeah. Hirakuri or whatever, the, where you stab yourself and uh, commit suicide out of shame. I mean, the introduction to her and her gang was fantastic. Oh, yeah. They're like, they're uh, like send your best guy at us and we'll show you what we can do. Which is like... You just kill that guy? <laughs> yeah. Well, like, like, this is hardcore. <laughs> I mean, I love they just rip the guy to yeah, pieces. Just cut pieces off of him. The first a few fingers and ear. Like, there, oh, there goes a leg. Yeah. <laughs> and you see him, like, like, like pogoing <laughs> for a second before they finish him off. Uh, but, yeah, they tear him up. Um, so we know they're badass, but that's the thing. Like, it doesn't matter how badass they are when they go up against him. Yeah, that's uh, the thing. Like, they're so badass. So so you're given that impression that, like, they'll fuck up this guy who's supposed to be the best guy. Yeah. And then they go up against uh, the assassin. And, and it's like... He's just like, nope. He's like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> Slice. Yeah, and he kills he kills most of them except for the one pretty easy. He almost kills her, you know, she's in because they're all in costumes like to try to pretend they're just like women walking down the road yeah. with flowers or whatever. And then they attack him suddenly. Um and he manages to kill them, but then he slices at the one woman and she kind of jumps out of her outfit and she's got like a black sort of like ninja isn't guard. that the main one? Yeah, that's her. Yeah, that's her. And she escapes and she like runs backwards while facing him. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that looked hilarious. She's just That like, was hilarious. He just keeps showing her like running back. Um there's interesting editing too that they did in this movie to kind of give it its own style. I assume it's different from how it was in the show or in the in the Japanese movies. Like there's these 
sort of repeated cuts where it shows something kind of happening quickly mm-hmm. over and over and you're and it gives it like this weird dreamy quality with the score yeah uh, like when he's fighting the guy in the water and he his sword comes up out of the water and it like shows it like like a whole bunch kind of thing like yeah. really quick there's a lot of that sort of stuff and like weird fade fades and stuff where we have like layers of you know stuff happening on top of each other and stuff so it gives it this weird kind of psychedelic feeling at times too which mm-hmm. is kind of weird but i kind of like it it gives it its, its own tone and stuff um i guess you know that whoever was the director guy this um robert houston i guess he would have felt like gotta give it some of it my own style otherwise i'm just putting two pieces of other movies together right like you have to uh you know make it your own thing yeah Mm. i wonder who the editor was because like the editing was like is amazing um so the editing and then with the music yeah i don't know if like i mean i'm i'm thinking that the guy that's credited as the director this robert houston like oh he's the one he's really just editing somebody else's movie together and then he's doing these tweaks to it right like they're putting a different soundtrack in. They've got the narration. I, I know, the dub. but like they've got, they're telling the story slightly differently, and then. But that you can, the fact that you can take two different movies, yeah, and slice it together, but then give like completely different tones with how you edit, like that's it's kind of crazy. No, yeah, I mean it's what it's what people do now, right? With with memes and videos and TikToks and YouTube shit, like where you, you take a pre-existing thing and then you make your own version of it. Right. Yeah. And some people do really amazing stuff doing that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, or even like, I think of uh, girl talk, you remember girl talk? Oh the, yeah. That DJ guy and he would yeah. mix together all this stuff. So it's like indie rock and classic rock and rap and whatever mm-hmm. and dance music and stuff. And then he would make these cool songs out of it. Um, yeah, it's like splicing something together in a cool way, and it turns out really, really fun. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else was some good stuff. Well, I mean, the fights with the Masters of Death at the end in the desert on the dunes. They got some cool locations for this stuff, you know, when they were shooting these movies originally. We had the water fight, and then these dune fights is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, like, I didn't think about it while watching the movie, but while talking about it i'm like why the fuck are they in the desert yeah he's like, just there's walking all these just, places is yeah. there a desert in japan i don't know i don't know but it's <laughs> like why are they there like where are uh the masters of death like where are they going yeah because there's nothing around well, there. Are, were they trying to take him back to the shogun like the sun i don't know yeah. or were they just trying to like go somewhere where it was like oh they won't find us out here he won't find us out here uh Ogami Ito, by the way, is the name of the our main character. I don't know if they ever actually say his name in the movie. Um, but yeah. He's just Lone Wolf. He does say the kid's name a couple times. Daigaro. Daigaro. But, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The Masters of Death, he fights. He fights. And again, it's like first couple guys he doesn't have too much trouble with, but he has to give up his sword on the second guy. He uses it like a spear. He throws it, impales the guy. And the dude goes rolling down the dune and I love how it's sticking out of his stomach. So when he rolls over on the handle, he has to like go up and like flop over again yeah. because there's this huge thing sticking out of him. It's not just like roll, roll, roll. It's like yeah. roll, roll, uh, like over and then more roll and then again kind of thing. 
uh, and then when he's down to the last guy, he he has to dive down the hill to grab his sword because he doesn't have it anymore. And then he's fighting that guy, and he slis- he slashes his throat. And then that guy has like the most awesome <laughs> monologue that he's like he's like talking about the sound of a sword going across a throat and like how he's always wanted to, they say it's like winter winds yeah. <laughs> whispering or something like that. He's like, I've always wanted to hear that, but I didn't imagine that it would be on, like from a sword against my own throat. <laughs> this sounds ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And he tells him before he dies, he's like, what does he say? He's like, your skill is so magnificent or your art is so wonderful. Something like I, that. I, I can't remember. Or it's just like, he's got to give it up, man. Like, you're fucking awesome. <laughs> like, you're so good. He is so good. I mean, yeah, like like you were saying earlier, like, you do get this impression like he's invincible. He can do all these things. But then, yeah, as it goes. He does start taking some wounds and yeah. stuff. But he still manages to. I mean, I want to know where it goes from here. Got to watch those Lone Wolf and Cub movies. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, all seven of them or whatever. Six, six. Uh, I mean, you're gonna have to try it out on your new thingy, see if it works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. New setup. Um, yeah. Is there anything else? Did we miss any cool scenes or moments? Hmm. I'm sure we probably did, but man, so good. Not really. I mean, there was the explanation of like how he gets paid where these like temples will hire him oh yeah so he was in that one temple and they're like how do we know you're the lone wolf and then he throws his sword he kills like a guy that was waiting to yeah yeah (laughs) he throws the sword through the wall (laughs) the tatami walls or whatever and then the dude there's all the blood starts coming out yeah rips down the wall the sword like (laughs) goes down That was really pretty cool. Yeah, he has to leave like these weird messages with rocks in the sand so they know where to meet him or whatever. Uh, I'm like, when did they work out that code? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or he goes to town. Like, there's the explanation of you know, when we go to towns, it's dangerous because you never know who could yeah be. who could be a killer. Yeah. Um, and then they go to that one bathhouse and they're like, get out of here, you know. And it's like, here's a thousand dollars. Yeah. Okay, no problem. Oh, never mind. <laughs> he's like, yeah, why did you let that peasant in here? <laughs> uh, and he's in the bath and he's all like, you know, he seems chill, but then he's hyper alert. Like you see him grab his sword and like, yeah, he like loosens it, the blade to have it ready. I love that when they do the little I thumb pop. I love that. I love that. <laughs> that just that little pop and it just comes up a little bit. Like ready, but then nothing happens. He's just ready. You know, he's just ready for. Yeah. Yeah, that's, you know what, that's even, and, and I'm like a thing in the Westerns too, right? Like it's even more intense or impactful. Like even in a Western, if you, if they were to hear a noise, if they were to pull the gun out, then it's like, oh, okay. Like that's the state that they're at. Right? Mm-hmm. But if they were to like half pull it out. It's mm-hmm. like the hesitation, right? Like do, then do it, it it leaves the like suspense. It it continues to be intense, right? And you don't know. Usually, what happens? The trope is they put it away, and then all of a sudden, someone pops out. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. the trope. But or like good, the bad, and the ugly. We saw where the guy goes to kill Tuco. Yeah, stop! You're and talking he, he too pulls much. Pulls the gun out of the water and shoots the guy. Right, and you have to shoot, shoot! Don't talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, great. Uh, All right. Well, let's uh, let's look at the numbers here. What do we got going for scores? All right. Well, I'm going to go first. So personal reaction, eight. Overall, seven. My reaction is also an eight, and my score is a 7.2. I'm surprised you put pacing. Well, I mean, I guess that is high for you for pacing. But this movie is like almost nonstop stuff happening. It's and it's only an hour and a half long. Yeah. But uh, so seven. What is that? Seven point one then. Seven point one. So let's see where that ends up. Nine for action, by the way. I had nine for kills. Uh, oh yeah, you did too. I see. All right. So we at are at uh, number fifty six with Kung Fu Hustle. Oh, wow. The Driver, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Fist of Legend, and Snowpiercer. Interesting. Uh, well, why don't you, you go first this time? I feel like I always shoot the gun because I have an instant reaction. <laughs> um, I think I would put it either in front or behind Kung Fu Hustle. Yeah, I was thinking of in front. And I mean, Kung Fu Hustle is a ton of fun. It's it's a lot of fun, but I think I this know. is a little like, more iconic. I think this is a little more iconic. Yeah, I I'm gonna go with in front, so it goes in front of all of them for me. Nice. Yeah, I I, I agree. Okay. All those those are all those are all fun movies, but um, yeah, I mean that's pretty high. So like, what fifty six? Yeah. No, fifty eight. New number fifty eight. There you go. Yeah. No, sorry, 56. Get it right, James. Gah. New number 56. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good, man. That's pretty good. I mean, we do a lot of movies we like that are like way further down the list. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So, yeah, not too shabby. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, check us out on Instagram, Action Action. Uh, we're on Letterboxd. That's where our list lives. Don't bother on Facebook, but check us out on Patreon if you want to get some merch. We got some new shirts. We got new, well, we don't know new other things, but we, there might be some more coming down. James has got the creative juices flowing. Yeah. Um, and we got old shirts on there that are really cool. And you can also sign up and, you know, make us watch a movie. Our next our next episode is going to be a Patreon pick. So uh, stay tuned for that. And thanks for listening. We'll catch you later.